I'm going into my senior season. My goal is to bring another national championship to St. John Bosco. I thought about it. I was very close to doing it, but the requirement would be two years of mandatory military service. I appreciate that people still follow high school sports. It's hard just to make it in the NFL because you're talking about the best of the best. I just wanted to, you know, bring a lot of really good, positive energy to our newsroom and get people excited about what they're doing. I said, hey, Ty, you think South Carolina is a place? And he said, yes. I just knew with his support and my gut feeling that it was the right place for me and my family. So we had a sponsor that sponsored him and got him an um, in-home tutor. That parent-kid relationship is really present in a lot of the stories that we tell because we're seeing kids become adults right in front of their parents. You're listening to the SoCal Sports Stories podcast with Connor Morissette. Welcome to the SoCal Sports Stories podcast. My name is Connor Morissette. My guest today is Manny Alvarez, the play-by-play broadcaster and beat writer for the JBA League. He's also a writer for OC Varsity, SoCal Sidelines, and the Daily Pilot. Manny, I know you're all the way in London. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Not a problem. Uh, Just upset that they ran out of chips or fries in America, but I'm doing good. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that, man. So I want to start this interview, Manny, by asking you, it seems like you're still publishing high school sports stuff from Southern California while you're in Europe calling games and, and writing about the JBA USA world tour. How are you able to do kind of two things at once right now? It seems like you got a lot on your plate. <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. I have no idea how I'm pulling it off, but uh, I'm blessed that, uh, you know, I get to do uh, all that stuff back in, back in my hometown while uh, basically traveling with, with uh, some of the best players out here for, uh, for JBA USA. But, uh, you know, I do miss covering football. It was it was such a blast to cover the first few weeks of the season for uh, the OC Register, OC Varsity, as many people uh, call it. Um, but they brought me in because a couple of years ago when I was brought in by OC Sidelines, which is now SoCal Sidelines, as uh, someone that can maybe just talk about uh, student sections. And that kind of picked up on its own. And uh, OC Varsity, uh, SoCal Sidelines, I think people don't know now, is just a softball-only website. I intend to help them out, help them out during softball season, but uh, obviously uh, I love football and baseball and basketball and all the other sports. So OC Varsity brought me in to do that as well as the student section stuff. And uh, if you've been following, it caught fire this year, and uh, we you know we named the Villa Park Black Pack uh, the best student section for the football year, uh, followed by Los Alamos Los Locos, and then a couple other student sections. I'm sure people are wondering why Los Locos of Los Alamos isn't up there because they 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 bring a large uh, crowd with the roller coasters and all, but. But, you know, I also have my own website, SoCalStudentSections.com, where we name them the SoCal Student Section of the Week. Um, I, you know, I even throw in my own football rankings and, and my picks for each week. But, uh, you know, it's a nice little side gig. You know, I get free time. You know, we ride, we ride the bus, and, 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 and that time, I, you know, I, I get to write. So, um, you know, it's, it's a blessing, uh, really, to, to get to do the stuff that I love that's at home while I'm doing more stuff that, I'm doing, that I love uh, over in Europe and, uh, and Russia. Great. So we'll, I'll ask some more questions in a little bit about some of that other high school stuff. But to go from doing the high school stuff and to go from there to Europe and the, the JBA League, how, how did you become the voice and the beat writer? How did that all kind of go down? You know, um, I'll start from the beginning. You know, in uh, 2003, I was announcing baseball and uh, they, uh, the new basketball coach at the time for Canyon High School of Anaheim, Nate Harrison, uh, basically rebuilding an entire program from the ground up, 
and and obviously you've seen what he's done with that program to say you have titles but uh he uh caught a caught a baseball game and noticed my voice and said hey i need you to be my announcer can you be my announcer and i said yes and uh from there on in several years uh, uh i got invited to uh, do the coaches first cancer uh challenge at Phillip park uh the diablo inferno mission viejo uh there's a couple other tournaments that I'm forgetting. Kenya is bronze, a, kick, a tip-off classic. Um, but during the coaches versus cancer uh, challenge, the main guy in charge of the Max Preps Holiday Classic, which is now the Rancher Mirage Invitational, Wayne Moreno. And uh, for some people who don't know, Wayne Moreno coached Artesia in the 90s, and they won state titles, CIF titles left and right. One of his players is the JBA USA assistant coach, Charles O'Bannon, his brother Ed O'Bannon as well. But uh, <laughs> tripping off to the point. Uh, Wayne was trying to get teams for his tournament and he noticed my voice and he said, would you like to be our announcer for, uh, for Palm Springs for the max preps holiday classic? And I said, yes, that grew into uh, announcing the CIF, uh, basketball finals, the Southern section at Goldinas high school. And all that stuff led me to write for OC sidelines, came SoCal sidelines. And then the Santa Clarita Valley signal picked me up for a minute, uh, daily pilot. And, and obviously now, uh, OC, OC varsity. And, uh, through that Wayne actually became the JBA director for the uh, summer league where they had the eight teams and uh he said we need to find an announcer and maybe he can do something else and he said i got this guy who can write and announce so i was the public address announcer over the summer for jba um and then wrote for them and one of the play-by-play guys brandon williams he has family he's a teacher back in in south carolina and uh he couldn't go to the the, the world tour so i uh i was immediately asked by alan foster to take over as the play-by-play uh broadcaster and stay on as the main writer for JBUSA. So, uh, you know, just, uh, I've been pretty lucky to have uh, certain people just walk into my life and kind of give me the opportunities. And, uh, you know, it started from the ground really for me. That's really interesting. I want to ask, how did you, how are you able to say yes to this opportunity when you had a lot of other stuff with Southern California high school sports going on? You mentioned you covered the early part of the football season, but then, you know, you got to step away and go to Europe, which I'm sure anyone would want to do to call games. That sounds incredible. How are you kind of able to say to your bosses, I'm going to go do this in Europe for a few weeks? And was everyone okay with that? How did that all kind of go down? You know, um, as far as the summer, I mean, they told me when the trips were, and I said, you know what, I'm a freelance writer for the Daily Pilot. I'll do it. I know for SoCal Sidelines, uh, Summer's big for softball. There's a bunch of, of uh, those travel ball tournaments, and, and there's that big one, PGF uh, National Championships. I got to miss that, unfortunately. But you know, Carlos Harris, who's the main writer and, and co-owner, uh, as well as me, I'm a co-owner with SoCal Sidelines, and he was totally okay with that. Um, I was unaware that I was going to go uh, tour the world with JBA, and uh, then they said, hey, Brandon Williams can't do it. He's got family. He's a teacher. Uh, would you be willing to do it? Um, it, part of me was thinking, I don't know if the income's going to be right for me because obviously uh, <laughs> the U.S. dollar is not that strong in some places. Um, there's other places where it's amazing. But I was thinking, I don't know if I can do this, but I thought, you know what, how many how many opportunities do you get to go travel around the world and, and, and do what you love, which is, you know, broadcast and write. And, uh, you know, I talked to OC Varsity, Brian Patterson, who's the, the editor, my boss, and uh, he was totally cool with that. I know he was bummed that he didn't want that I wasn't wasn't going to be there to cover football games and, and what it sounds like, uh, you know, the, the tournament part of the basketball season. But uh, I told him, you know what, I can still do the, the student section stuff because what's amazing for student section is really you just kind of go off of social media because you can't be at all the games. Um, so they were they were very they were very cool with it, and, and it was it was amazing. Um, 
like I said, I only had a part-time job because I was a freelance writer. So I, I <laughs> that wasn't a big issue. But the writing thing, I'm just blessed that that uh, OC Varsity uh, let me let me uh, go ahead and 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 kind of live a dream, really, while uh, while still writing for them. Going back to the JBA League stuff, so you mentioned how there was the other play-by-play guy, but he had family and was a teacher, so he couldn't make this tour. So in terms of media that's employed by the league, is it just you right now? Right now, for the most part, you know, 95% of it is me. Um, Brandon, you know, he was also a writer with me. He was bas- He's basically more – he has more seniority than me as a writer. Um, right now, I've got some seniority temporarily. Um when we get back for next season, he'll be the the new senior guy. But uh, I wrote basically the game stories, and he would write all the articles. Uh, right now, I'm writing articles and game stories. I have a story on the London game because uh, it's a big one because Melo and Jello played uh, the London Lions last year. But um, yeah, he uh, he was the writer, and then the play by play, I was the announcer and uh, and 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 is the junior writer. But uh, you know it. The 95%, you know, Brandon will write a story here and there. I know that there's an instant Lithuania with, with a Lamella Ball um, where they had someone write the the press release because uh, I just I didn't have enough time on my hands to write something that was very crucial to explain the situation. But other than that, it's been all me. How can people watch these World Tour games? Uh, very easy. You know, uh, I know that sometimes people don't like to buy, uh, go and get cable or or, or uh, buy, you know, those, you know, the NFL package and all that stuff. Um very simple. You know, you go on Facebook Live, you just type JBA, and uh, you'll see the, the, the Lonzo Ball logo. <laughs> um, you go in there, and there's live broadcasts all the time. Uh, it always kicks off with me and my partner, Alan Pell, who's been doing this since the JBA League in the summer. Um, and then we just kick it off from there from, with the games. And uh, I know if people were, checked us out a couple days ago in Belgium, uh, we had a special guest in the third quarter. We were uh, starstruck. Kanye West uh, appeared in the third quarter. So uh, it was a fun game. Uh, I know it was great that it was a fun game in front of, in front of, uh, yeah, it's a very simple, just JBA on Facebook. And uh, we had the live games all the time there. It's doesn't cost you a dime. I'm not sure if you know this, but what are the viewership numbers like for some of these world tour games? And what were they like during the season? Are people watching these? You know, during the summer, they were, the majority of the games reached a million views. Obviously during live, you know, we, we would see, you know, 4,000 at, live at that moment but afterwards people will watch it again uh people who couldn't didn't have the time to watch it because they had work or, or other uh, uh commitments would watch it so we had a couple uh times where we hit a million views uh if not close to that i know right now our goal is to get over a hundred thousand views um and we have hit that every game um so we kind of aimed low and we're, we're accomplishing our goals right now um but i know that uh during live, maybe one, maybe about two thousand people at most will watch it live because um, people obviously were uh, were there been times where nine ten hour difference from uh, everybody, so they're not going to have the chance to watch it live because they they're just getting into work and there's kids in class. Uh, there's there's people walking into work. Uh, maybe it might be too early where people are still in bed. Who knows? Uh, but they get the opportunity to watch it later, and uh, you know that that's where we reach our goal for over a hundred thousand uh, views, and uh, we're we're accomplishing that right now, and. Uh, it's starting to grow. I think as people are realizing that uh, this isn't a fluke, we're not getting, you know, we're not getting beat left and right. We're, we're on an eight-game winning streak, so uh, uh, the, the 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 ratings are 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 in our favor at the moment. Great, yeah, that's that's really interesting, Manny. I want to ask, uh, what what's your relationship like with Lavar? Have you have you had a lot of interactions with him? 
a, a lot. Yeah, I mean, a lot is is putting it lightly. Um, he's traveling with us. You know, there are times where he'll meet with us at hotels, or there's times where he's on the on the team bus as we travel country to country. Um, but he's amazing, and you know, Lavar's Lavar, uh, uh, outrageous guy, but uh, you know, he speaks into existence, as he says. Um, you know, uh, he's he's a great guy, and if if uh, you have if you have the league's back or his back, he's definitely gonna have your back. And um, you know, I thought at first because uh, when he was at obviously he was at the Chino Hills games, I thought he had a, he uh, he had a problem with me. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's just my paranoia. <laughs> But uh, he got to meet me over the summer. Uh, heard that I was the play, the um, the public address announcer, and heard my voice. And then from there, he, uh, he, you know, we have built a good relationship. But he's 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 been phenomenal. He's been fantastic. And the fact that I got to travel all over the world, the fact that I got to travel all over the the country in the summer, uh, has been a blessing. And the fact that he he's providing that for for me and providing dreams for these players that uh, they thought were impossible to to accomplish or very hard to accomplish uh, has been amazing. Has he ever listened to a broadcast of you and said, hey, I don't like what you're saying? <laughs> no, you know what? I was expecting maybe every now and then because, uh, you know, obviously there's going to be haters, uh, and that, that kind of comes with the territory of, of, you know, LeVar Ball. You know, people support and love the fact that he's creating this league for people that haven't had the opportunity to to blossom. Um, but obviously there's going to be people that are going to say stuff, and there's one time in Denmark where um, – my first time reading the comments live as a, as a play-by-play because when I'm doing public address announcing, I don't see that. Um, and I said something where, you know what, it, people are saying bad things. You're the one sitting on the couch doing nothing, which is true, but at the same time, I shouldn't have said that. And I was expecting LeVar to say something, but he didn't say anything. Um, he's been very supportive of, of, of Alan Bell and very supportive of myself, uh, being the fact that I've got no play-by-play experience whatsoever. And uh, they gave me a chance. they gave me a chance, and uh, he's – very supportive, and there's uh, if there's some random stuff that we say during the during the broadcast, he'll uh, kind of mention it at the breakfast table the next day and just laugh. Um, but no, he hasn't said anything negative about it. Uh, he he's really loving the the work we're doing this this uh, fall and winter. Outside of the World Tour, there's the league, eight teams all throughout the country. I know the LA team won uh, in the first year. So were your duties during year one for the JBA League, was it a lot of writing and covering the L.A. team and doing PA? I'm curious what you did during year one of the actual league separate from the world tour. Uh, so basically I was brought in to do public address announcing and writing. So I would write the uh, the game stories and obviously do my my PA and, and promote, you know, our, our sponsors. I know um, – Autism uh, Therapies uh, or Behavior Autism Therapies is our main sponsor. We had Wells Fargo. Uh, uh, what's the uh, the media? Um, there's a audio company media. I totally forgot their name, but uh, hopefully Lavar doesn't hear that. Uh, um, and there's a few other people. Uh, you know, obviously Big Baller Bands won. But uh, there's also, you know, we, we, we promote the halftime uh, show and all these other little shows in between timeouts and quarters. Though, So that was my job as well as announcing the games um, and then writing the post-game stories. Um, so basically the only difference is I'm not the public address announcer for this tour. I'm just doing the play-by-play and then writing for the stories, the game stories and then the articles uh, on the side. So would that just be for the LA team because you can't be in New York and on the, the East Coast? No, and you know what? Actually, I got to travel all over. Oh, so wow. I was the announcer for every location so like we went to houston i would be like at texas southern university you know i would be there uh, behind the mic or we were at 
the Orleans Arena in Vegas. I was behind the mic there, and 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 Chicago for the All Star Game and the Wintrust Arena. I was there, you know. So uh, I was at every city. I got to cover every every team, every game story. So all eight teams, I was their uh, their game writer, and then uh, and every now and then I write a, an article on them. Interesting. We're talking from London. Where else have you been on this European tour? You mentioned yeah, Belgium we started too. Yeah, Belgium was our recent one, and that was probably our biggest one because obviously. Uh, Starstruck with Kanye West at, uh, on on courtside, but uh, we've been in in Moscow, St. Petersburg, uh, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. We we're there for for quite some time. Um, we were also in uh, Denmark, Germany, Poland. Um, man, I hope I'm not forgetting any other countries. Um, but we ran out in London for 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 a while. We go to Leicester, uh, England. We go to Turkey, Ma- uh, Macedonia. Romania, uh, well, I, there's another country I'm forgetting there. And then we come back with Thanksgiving. Then we head over to China, Thailand, uh, Hong Kong, Philippines. And then we call it a day after that, uh, right before Christmas. Wow, incredible. All, all over the place. I want to uh, yeah. ask, wh- which players are competing in the tour? I know there are eight teams, but how how, are, how is this group selected? So uh, after the, the season ended in, in August, uh, when LA beat uh, the Seattle Ballers, uh, really, Lavar, Alan Foster, and the head coach, I believe, uh, had a little say there. Dole Balthazar. Um, they all got to pick their players, and uh, they picked uh, 15 players. 12 went, and then um, we stayed with 12 after three players were were uh, given their release. Unfortunately, we also had three more players that got hurt. So right now we're down to nine. Um, but uh, basically, it was picked uh, solely by Lavar, who's the owner, obviously, and now the general manager. So uh, he he got to pick his bigs. He got got to pick his, his deep shooters, guys that, that are you know the closest thing to five tool players. So uh, for the most part, it was him, but he had some some uh, opinions on, on the outside. You mentioned all the traveling. I want to. I'm I'm curious about the finances of this all. Are, are the viewers on Facebook and, and the ads there enough to kind of pay for all this? What what's the model like? How, how is this all getting paid for? For the most part, it is that Facebook Live. I know that obviously Ball and the family they they get a good uh, good uh, bag of cash on that, and that, that goes towards towards the league. Um, and I believe uh, with signing with these opponents that we have, we got a, we got some uh, money out of that. So uh, combine all that, that takes care of the players' salaries, all the travel, our salaries, and 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 everything in between. So uh, it's it you know uh, I thought to myself, I'm like how are they going to pay for this? We have no sponsors for this. You know we have our sponsors back at home for the uh, the U.S. season, but um, it's taken care of. You know and and uh, it seems like the that Lavar isn't trying to put more money in his pocket. He's really kind of putting money out there and give these kids a, a an opportunity to to grow and move up in in the world of basketball. When the league launched, Manny, some said it would fail. Others said it would change how the NCAA runs college athletics. As someone who works for the league, I'd imagine you'd agree with the latter. What are your feelings just on that spectrum, and what do you think uh, just about those two arguments? And I'll be honest, uh, before the league started, uh, I was skeptical, but at the same time I was thinking, you know what, someone's got to challenge the NCAA. Uh, I love the NCAA. It's fantastic. Uh, These teams are fantastic to watch. But there have been some times where I kind of feel there's an unfair uh, advantage where players of, of uh, lesser uh, from from tough communities uh, are struggling because they got to help their family back home. Uh, and obviously, we've seen some scandals, obviously in Arizona, and then there was that situation with Zion Williamson and and a couple other uh, things we've seen, obviously in the past. 
uh, what LeVar is trying to do because the NBA tells you you have to stay in school for one year. He said, you know what, just come and play for us. Um, obviously, we couldn't get the big names, like the enormous names, the Zion Williamson's and, and R.J. Barrett's and all that. But, you know, he he did uh, – it sounds like he did kind of wake up the NCAA and really sounds like he's woke up the NBA. You know, now you can have agents in college. Now you can just kind of – it sounds like pretty soon you can just jump straight to the to the uh, NBA. The G League now uh, is letting you uh, just go straight forward from there. Um, and now they, they have the salary has been risen. So, uh, you know, and honestly, I didn't know the G League had its own draft. I thought the G League just kind of came down as a farm system with the NBA, kind of like uh, uh, Major League Baseball. Um, so it sounds like it's it's whether you, whether you think it's working or not, it sounds like they've shook they've shooken up uh, NCAA and the NBA. Um, I do feel like it is working because we are noticing some names we really didn't put under the radar. There's uh, obviously you know about Melo and Jello, but there's come other big time players that we had no idea of that have blossomed, and uh, it, it sounds like there's a, there's a good chance a couple of these players are not going to come back in the summer because they've gotten they're going to get some contracts overseas, and, that, and that's really the goal. We we the goal is to make sure you're not back for the summer. We want to make sure you move up the up in the ladder and get an opportunity. How do you think the G League's announcement that they're going to start paying elite high school prospects 125,000 uh, starting in 2019 on those special contracts? How do you think that's going to affect the league? We see a lot of headlines that say, "Oh, the G League it killed Lavar's league. This is over with this announcement." It seems like you guys are kind of finding a niche with some of those not so highly, highly rated guys, big blue chip guys, like you mentioned, and it looks like you can stay with that. But is that announcement from the G League make you nervous at all? You know, a, a little bit, but at the same time, you know, we, um, I mean, the biggest names we had, you know, on top of my head, you know, Lonzo, no, sorry, not Lonzo, uh, Leangelo, Lamelo, and then there was Kizo Brown in Chicago. Um, but, uh, you know, that's that's basically where we're going to stick to. We're going to stick to the guys who, who are very talented but never really got the recognition, uh, They whether it was their grades or finances or they just had a bump in the road and got dismissed from the team or playing time. You know, they're going to get the opportunity to blossom here. You know, um, the G League is going to be created for players that kind of just want to make some quick money in the in uh, quick money from the get-go and hopefully move up to the NBA and uh, – Really, if anything, it might just shake up the NCAA. You're not going to see those one and dones anymore. They just say, you know what, I'll play G League one year, and then they'll have me ready for the NBA. So really, I don't see uh, the JBA being shook on that part because we're still going to be doing the same thing. You know, uh, players that won't get recognized uh, in the G League will will get the opportunity in the JBA. Do you think you'll ever be able to attract the the top blue chip prospects that would want to be the classic one and dones, or, or is that not even the focus right now? You know, uh, it, the, the, the door's always open for them, you know, and, and there's there's no uh, there's no wall too big for LeVar. And we know that he he'll he'll go he'll go as deep as he possibly can. Um, and uh, if a player's if a player wants that opportunity to play in the JBA uh, where they can't get in the, in the G League and they're a big name, go for it. You know, um, you know, sometimes maybe some situation doesn't happen with the G League and the JBA would be right there just to kind of help you out. Like I said, you know, uh, a lot of people don't know about Kizo Brown's story. You know, uh, fortunately, there was there was issues with him and uh, the JBA uh, gave him an opportunity. Now he's playing in China, you know, and this is the guy that that had the opportunity to go in the NBA, but just uh, a few bumps on the road. So, uh, you know, the JBA will be there just in case, you know, these big names get get uh, get sidetracked. What do you think it will take? And, and maybe 
it's impossible. But what do you think it will take for some of these top guys to to come to the JBA and say, I could go to college, I could go to the G League, I'm going to choose JBA in, in, instead of uh, those two other alternatives. How how would that? What would need to happen for the, for that to be the case in your eyes? Um. I would say, uh, by comparison, probably the exposure. Um, you don't see G League games on TV, uh, and, and if you do, it's very rare. You might see on, on NBA, NBA TV, but even then, I think I see uh, you know classic games and past NBA drafts <laughs> on there more often than the G League. Um, so I really think that the Facebook Live is, is giving them an opportunity to expose uh, their play. Um, so I think exposure might be the, the, the benefit for them thinking, you know what, they're going to see me, they're going to take notice. Um, you know, sometimes when you go to the NBA, you know, you might, you might not get the, the big time opportunities that you thought you're going to get because just something happened with, with your career. And maybe that's the fear. Maybe if the G league, they're not going to get the opportunity, something might happen. And then they're, they're kind of stuck. So G JBA league kind of, it doesn't expose you to the NBA right away, but it could expose you to go overseas and just work your way up. Uh, obviously the goal is to have you expose the NBA right away, but the overseas there is right there. You know, this is a league of, of opportunity for these players. That answer makes me think of this. If LaMelo had stayed at Chino Hills, there's a very good chance he goes to college, obviously, and then makes the NBA. Do you think he's going to be able to go from the JBA League to the NBA and just imagine what that would do for the league if, even though it's LaVar's son, if someone is able to make that jump, I imagine that that would help the league a lot. Very much so. You know, um, you look at LaMelo's game. I mean, he played with with big boys at, like, you know, eight, nine years old. Um his game is far more advanced than, than your typical 17 year old. And I feel like if he kept playing at Chino Hills, it would just be, I mean, we saw his last year, you know, he, he was just basically putting an entertainment show more than um, trying to, you know, hustle and get those points, you know, with the exception, you know, of playing against, you know, modern day or Bishop Montgomery or Oak Hill Academy. And even Sheldon, uh, when they played in the Rancho Mirage Invitational finals, but, um, you know, for the most part, you know, they're up by 30 all the time. And really there was no, it's kind of like it was just, I don't say a waste of time, but uh, he was a man amongst boys. And I think if he kept doing that, where's the advancement? Um, here he's playing against actual professionals, and the game's going to advance. And uh, if you're going to say one person's going to make it the NBA from the JBA, it's got to be Melo. Uh, he's, in my opinion, I think the the better of the three, the three brothers. And maybe his rise from the JBA League to the NBA, that could be an advertisement for guys – Obviously, this is LeVar's son, but that could maybe make people think, all right, there's the G League. That might be for the the best best guys, and then I could go to college for a year, but look at what happened with LaMelo Ball, and maybe that's an avenue, and that could help uh, the league if he does make it in the NBA. Exactly, and uh, you know, I know people will say, well, yeah, but it's LaMelo. You know, it's, we obviously know all about him since he was you know, a, a little kid. But, uh, you know, there's been other players who, like I said, Curtis Hollis, you know, was in junior college last year. And now he's he just hit his third straight 40 point game. Jarrell Springer, you know, uh, was at Desert Pines in Las Vegas. You know, he's he's starting to come around. There's a big guy, Melvin Davis. And uh, these are guys that I don't expect them to come back next season. I expect them to get a contract overseas and, and, and move on up in the world. On the other side of things, in August, we heard that JBA player Brandon Phillips, he, he was cut by the L.A. Ballers and he said he didn't get paid as much as he was supposed to and said he had to pay for some of his travel costs. I'm wondering 
if that has been resolved and he, he said he regretted playing for the league, that was a little bit of a, a bad look, some, some, some bad PR for the league. Was that resolved? And just what was the league's kind of response to that? Uh, the response really was, um, you know, there, there was a, a point during the playoffs where a couple of players said, hey, I haven't got my paycheck. And they actually confronted Alan Foster about it. And Alan took care of it. Um, it sounds like Brandon never really uh, uh, approached anyone from what I heard about uh, uh, getting money. Just assumed that they would call him and figure it out. Um, if your boss, if your bosses don't know about the situation, you know, it's, it's not, it more likely not going to get handled. Um, and really that's what, that was the case. You know, uh, had he been approached, maybe they would have handled it. Um, it's unfortunate that Brandon had to take that course to, to, to the public. You know, this is, a. uh, Again, you know, uh, a league that can open up doors and, and an opportunity. Uh, I remember when Brandon was playing at Newport Harbor. Um, great athlete, great kid. You know, I got to hang out with him a few times during that tour. Um, and I wish him nothing but the best. You know, I'm very unfortunate that it, it went that way. But it's something that, you know what, uh, we 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 said, here, here's here's uh, what, what happened. And uh, we moved on and really kind of... Uh, it's kind of kind of the back door, which is good for us and good for Brandon. It doesn't give him a bad name, and it definitely doesn't give us a bad name. We just had a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure every league in the first year is is, is going to have a little struggle, and uh, you know, we improve from it afterwards. Thank you for answering that. I, I appreciate it. Uh, one other thing with the league, I think, is really interesting. So the players get sixty percent of their jersey sales. Is that a decent source of revenue for some guys? Are people buying jerseys? Uh, yeah, you know, people have been asking left and right, when can I get my, you know, obviously Melo's going to, Melo and Joe are going to be big uh, sales, but the people are asking when can I get my Curtis Hollis uh, jersey or my uh, Jarrell Springer jersey or, or all these other jerseys. Um, you know, we do have a fan base and and I'm sure it's it's going to, it's going to be huge for these players uh, when we get those jerseys out and get ready to go. And not just that, but even the, the players in the U.S., you know, we, once we get those jerseys out, you know, the, the, that's going to be huge because we, we did have uh, fans. You know, I know that the fans, it was hard for the fans to get in the seats, but we definitely had them on Facebook Live. What do you think the future of the league looks like? Uh, I feel, you know, um, they're going to see some players move up and, and go overseas. And they're going to say, hey, maybe this might work. Maybe, you know, yeah, we're not we're probably not going to get in the NBA that quick. It, I mean, obviously it is possible, but uh, to move up, you know, maybe this is a good avenue to, to start, you know, um, and people are going to take, uh, take notice. You know, if we lose three players to overseas teams, that means there's gonna be three more spots. And obviously there's a few more spots open for next year because the players that got released or players that got, uh, got hurt. Um, those players have the opportunity to come back next year. And I'm sure people are going to say, well, I can play over the summer to go overseas. What I see in the summer this season is going to be more of a tryout for these players to play for the JBA USA because you get more, much more opportunities over here and you got to travel, you know, how often do, do these kids get to go check out Russia and, 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 and England and Germany and all these other countries in China. Um, so it's going to be a fun league in the summer, but at the same time, I think these kids are going to know that this is not just a paycheck. It's a chance to, to move up in and maybe be one of those 15 kids on that on next year's roster. Um, there were some kids who, who didn't make the roster, but they got the tryout for the ABA. There was one kid that got cut from the LA Ballers, Scott Harris, and now he's playing in the NBA. So, I mean, for the kids to get cut, you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, you got to expose yourself and move up, and, and I'm glad that Scott got to, got to rebound from that. Let's get back to you for a little bit, moving away from the JBA League. Thank you for answering all that. I, I, I do appreciate it. So when this world tour ends, what's going to be next for you? 
For me, uh, I am uh, back with OC Varsity for the basketball season. And uh, in January, obviously, perfect league play, which means you get to see more of the student section. So I'll be doing that again and covering basketball games. So, uh, you know, I, as much as I love this tour and checking all these countries and seeing all these players, you know, uh, I definitely do miss covering high school sports. Uh, you know, the, the student section stuff was great because I got to follow throughout the whole year. Uh, kind of bummed that I can't, can't use missed out on the playoffs, but you know, tough schedule leads to a three to seven season, but, uh, you know, I'm going to be checking out the playoffs. I got my little preview on my, uh, SoCal student sections website coming up soon. And, and it's going to be fun. And I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm going to be so stoked when I come back in January for, for uh basketball season. But, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that's in the, in the playbook for them. And, uh, in the, in the spring as well. Uh, I know if, if I'm not running for OC varsity in the spring, I'll be covering softball for SoCal sidelines and obviously, uh, doing all the fun stuff on the side for SoCal side, uh, SoCal student sections with the student sections. We'll be doing talk about bands and then PA announcing and, and color garden cheerleaders and all that stuff. Uh, a little fun gig on the side, but there's, there's obviously some stuff I already have planned as, as I come back. You have a, an extensive writing background in the PA background, as you mentioned, what prepared you to do play-by-play, something that you didn't really have too much experience for, and now on some nights you're getting thousands of viewers on Facebook Live. What prepared you for that? You know, it was very last second. Um, I was under the impression that uh, they were either going to convince Brandon Williams to do it or they are going to find somebody on the outside to, to do the play-by-play. Um, it sounded like they wanted me to be a sideline reporter. I'm like, you know what, I can do that. And they said, we need you to do play-by-play. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um really kind of i mean they're, they're, the the pa announcing kind of got me prepared but uh, a lot of practice and obviously you, you you watch all the replays of the announcers the gus johnson the kevin harlins and, and see how they do it or the vince scullies chick hearns and all those guys uh, people that i idolized as a kid um kind of prepared me and and uh the Denmark game was kind of uh, uh not sketchy but kind of shaky for me and somehow you know my boss said i did a great job so really, uh, the first few games kind of helped me learn as we moved up, and and uh, it helped me get better. And uh, surprised that I've that people say I sound like a seasoned <laughs> vet, but I'm only maybe you know 12 games into this. Uh, so um, kind of really just uh, little preparation, just kind of took notes from it. Good for you. I did play by play in college a little bit, and that can be really hard sometimes. So I I yeah. feel your pain a little bit with just starting out, but it it seems like it's clicking. So that so that's great. How did you get your start in high school sports writing in Southern California? What were the early days of doing that like for you? You know, it wasn't that long ago. It was like 2014. Um, you know, I was doing the PA stuff and I was trying to move up. You know, I felt like I can't be a PA announcer in high school all my life. You know, I could, but I wanted to do something for a living. Uh, when, um, and obviously PA announcing doesn't make that much money in high school. So it's just a nice little uh, side check. But I wanted to move up into college or maybe a professional world in, in that. And uh, there's no opportunities for that. I, I did some video work. I used to work for Jim Romans Burning on ESPN for two years as their production assistant, studio camera guy, and their film camera guy. And I did all the correspondent pieces and filmed athletes around the country. So I, I had that experience as well as, as working at a TV station, KDOC TV, for five years. And I asked OC Sidelines, it was kind of someone new at the time, hey, if you guys need a video guy, let me know. And uh, Carl Sarius recognized me from uh, just social media, just kind of every game I covered in tournaments or the finals, I kind of gave everyone like uh, an insight and detailed stuff. And he said, why don't you just be a columnist for us for the meantime? I've had no writing experience before that. And so uh, within time, I learned how to write a good column. And within time, I got to learn how to write a game story. And uh, 
you know, see sidelines, had some people move up or just kind of step down. And I just basically took one of the senior writing uh, gigs there. And it made me move up, obviously, with Santa Clarita Valley Signal for, for, for a few months and then the Daily Pilot uh, this past season. And then uh, that opened the door for OC Varsity. And uh, obviously the goal when I first started, I talked to Steve Fryer, who's a Hall of Fame writer for the Orange County Register, OC Varsity's main guy. And he said, you know, when you get to wake up and realize that your job is your hobby as well, it's, it's, it's a pretty damn good feeling. And uh, that's basically the goal is to make, sh- make sure I keep this job and make it a hobby of mine, a passion. And that, you know, I don't want to be the guy that goes to the cubicle every day and hate it. So uh, I'm certainly loving it. I'm glad that, that I got to move up and that Carl Serious got to just trust me as a writer when I had no experience at the time. Absolutely. Two other questions for you. What are some of your favorite memories from covering high school sports in Southern California the past few years? Wow. Um, <laughs> that's a very good one. Um, you know, I got the opportunity to, to drive to Sacramento uh, for SoCal sidelines a couple of years ago for the state finals for basketball um, to see Esperanza win it. You know, they're, uh, they're not too far away from where I grew up. I went to Canyon and, uh, they weren't a rivalry at the time because uh, Esperanza was was in a league of its own before Europe Linda opened, and, and but they were nearby and they became a rival when Esperanza joined the, the Central League and now they're part of that Central Conference. So it was nice to see the the neighbors kind of take a state title. It was nice to see Villa Park in the finals after you know losing Evan Batty to uh, eligibility, and it was fun to see the the state finals. Um, you know, uh, I think really just getting to cover the CIF finals for basketball and for football. Uh, I remember seeing, you know, St. John Bosco beat Modern Day a couple of years ago, and uh, I didn't get to cover the game last year, but it was nice to see that Modern Day got the victory. Uh, and I'm sure we're going to see those two teams again. But um, just to be part over there, just to sit alongside, you know, a Steve Fryer, a Eric Sonheimer, uh, Ron Flores, Devin Uglin, Frank Burleson, all these big names that that got to read uh, growing up, you know, Dan Albano as well, Carl Sarius when he was at the uh, Orange County Register, and that was SoCal sidelines, you know, so it's, it's insane as well as talking to getting to see players now be professionals, you know, um, getting the chance to obviously talk to Lonzo Ball, who I've got to talk to a lot, you know, over these past several months, interviewing Mello and Jello when they're at Chino Hills. And uh, now that now we get to ride the same bus, you know, uh, but getting to see Melvin Bagley and, and, you know, these uh, baseball players as well. Uh, there's so many of them because it's Southern California that, that are now in the minor leagues seeing these athletes move up and saying, I remember when I covered those guys in high school, now they're, they're, they're up in the big leagues, you know? And, uh, so that's been, that's mainly been my, my, my biggest favorite is seeing these, these big names move up, you know, last year, uh, you know, talking to JT Daniels several times, you know, and then the, when they beat Long Beach Poly, you know, the next day was the USC UCLA game and uh, real quick, cause I know they had to get on the bus. I told him who's going to win that USC UCLA game. He said, UCLA will never beat us. I'm like, all right, bold. <laughs> So uh, all those – and just seeing those athletes move up has, has been fantastic. I'll get you out of here with this, Manny. What's what's your dream job? 20 years from now, what do you hope to be doing if you could do anything? What's special about this, uh, doing a play-by-play and being a writer, is I have two avenues. You know, uh, I would like to, to move up in the play-by-play. You know, I know that going from JBA to NBA or MLB or NFL is kind of a large leap because there's so many people in between. Um if there's a minor league team nearby that needs a player play and wants to hire me, you know, I'll, I'll definitely do it. Um, but obviously the writing, you know, when, when writing is something you can fall back on, that's, that's, I mean, you, you gotta really feel blessed. And, uh, the writing, obviously I can move up with OC varsity, maybe one of the writers, you know, uh, 
Obviously, Steve Fry and Daniel Bond are going to be there for quite some time, but uh, there's other pay- newspapers and, and you know websites that I can write for and move up in the world there. Um, so the the, uh, the opportunities for me are endless. You know, 20 years from now, it'd be nice to to be a recognized writer, like I mentioned, uh, an Eric Sondheimer, Steve Fryer, uh, Ron Flores, uh, or maybe a play-by-play guy that moves up in the world. You know, like I mentioned, Gus Johnson and, and Kevin Harlan and Scully Chikern and. Uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, I can be in that position. So I'm uh, very blessed that I have those two avenues. All the way from London, that was Manny Alvarez, the play-by-play broadcaster, PA announcer, and writer for JBA USA, writer for OC Varsity, SoCal Sidelines, and the Daily Pilot as well. Manny, thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I, it's, it's been great, you know. Yeah, it's, I think it's midnight, so I should probably hit the hay, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll let you go to bed. Thank you again. <laughs> no problem. Take care.